You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of our Adult Sunday School series. Adult Sunday School is taught by a variety of different men in our church. Now let's prepare our hearts as our Sunday School teacher brings forth God's truths from His Word today. All right, go ahead and turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 12. It's going to be our opening verse. Luke chapter 12, verse 42. <clears throat> today, I don't know how long the Lord's going to have us here, or if it's or what, but for today, we're going to be talking on stewardship. And, um, you know, we all have an idea of what stewardship is, but do we all really know how far biblical stewardship stretches and to all the different areas of life that it applies. And so that's what I want to do today. I want us to really look at biblical stewardship and all the different areas of life that it applies to and see how it applies to our lives and are we acting out our stewardship roles that God has every one of us to be playing. So Luke chapter 12, verse 42. And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day, Lord. I just pray that as we run through this biblical stewardship, Lord, and we try to understand where we are in our life as far as what you ask us to be stewards of, that, Lord, we will just come with an open heart and with an open mind, and I know that you have convicted me and spoke to me as I prepared this lesson. So I just pray that you would do the same for your people, that you'll help us, Lord, to leave encouraged from this place and just help us to learn something, Father. Be with my words, help them to be your words, and my thoughts, your thoughts. And we ask this in your precious holy name. Amen. Okay, the end of that verse says, to give them their poor of meat in due season. And we know that someday, right, we all have to stand and give an account to God and we will be judged for those things that we do in this life. And we will, we will also be rewarded for the things that we do in this life. So whether it's in this life or the next, our, there's always rewards for righteousness, always rewards for being a good steward. And someday, we will receive those rewards in heaven. For many Christians, the word stewardship is associated with giving money. And rightfully so, because giving money definitely is a part of stewardship. Our finances are definitely a part of our stewardship to God. And we're going to look at that a little bit more today. But it goes so much further than that. Biblical stewardship doesn't just apply to our money. Like not probably most of the time when a pastor gets up to preach a message on stewardship, money's going to be the main focus of that message. But stewardship applies to so much more than money. It applies to every single area of our life. There's no area that is untouched by the biblical principle of stewardship. Defining biblical stewardship. The dictionary defines a steward as a person who manages and oversees another person's property, wealth, and affairs. A steward was often employed by wealthy families and was usually head over the other servants in the house. The steward held the highest level of confidence and trust in his master's eyes 
and was counted on to take care of the most critical details of the household, which often involved the finances of that master. That was one of the steward's main jobs was, if you will, to be the accountant for the master and manage his finances, and he was to collect the debts from the debtors and everything for the master so the master didn't have to concern himself with those things. So as you can imagine, the master had to trust this man, right? He had to trust that he wasn't going to steal for him, that he wasn't going to misuse his finances, that he wasn't going to take his money and run. He had to be a very trusted member of this household. The office of a steward was only given to those who had proven themselves to be the most faithful and reliable of all the servants. Stewards, stewards exuberated many tried and tested skills as well as character qualities required for holding such an elevated position among the ranks of the master servants. Even with such a high level of trust and responsibility, the steward was still a servant. His number one goal was still to please his master in all that he did. And I'm sure just through that definition that we read of what a steward is, we can probably, I could probably go around the room and we could all draw parallels already at how we are supposed to be in our own Christian life and how we are supposed to be stewards to our Heavenly Father and how an earthly steward was to his master. We could probably already see a lot of similarities there, but I'm going to help, I'm going to help draw those out for you. I'm not going to go around because then you would all teach my lesson. So I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to do that for you. <clears throat> okay. I think as a general rule, and I always thought this way until I was preparing this lesson, but if somebody were to come up to me and ask me if I was a steward, what would my answer be? Yes, I'm a steward, definitely. If I went around to any, all of you and asked you, are you a steward? You guys would probably say, yes, I'm a, I'm a steward, okay? But I believe that we see from God's word that we are not all stewards. All Christians are not stewards, and I'll explain that further. I do believe that God desires for every one of his children to be a steward. But I do not believe that we have all proven ourselves worthy to hold the title of a steward. Turn to 1 Corinthians 4.2. This verse is mainly why I believe that all Christians are not stewards, even though God desires for every one of us to be stewards. As you're turning there, you know, the position of a steward wasn't just given to anybody, right? That person had to prove themselves. They had to prove that they were worthy to be a steward. The master wasn't just going to pull somebody off the street and okay, I want you to just take over all my finances and I want you to rule all the other servants and give them all this responsibility when they haven't proven themselves. 1 Corinthians 4, 2 says, Moreover, it is what? Required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Now, are all Christians faithful? Sadly enough, no. Many times in my life I have been unfaithful. Is, are all of you in this room here today, are all you faithful? I don't know. God's the only one who knows that, you know? But if we are not faithful, we cannot be considered stewards. 
We cannot get to that position of stewardship that God wants us all to be at unless we prove ourselves to be faithful. <clears throat> Christians are, we live in a very unfaithful society today. Not only, in the, not only does the world run rampant with unfaithfulness, we see unfaithfulness everywhere in the world, but, you know, sadly enough, that has infiltrated into the church as well. You know, Christians are more and more unfaithful to God and his church in these days. We are unfaithful to church. We are unfaithful in our giving, unfaithful in our service to Christ, unfaithful in our soul winning, unfaithful in our daily prayer and Bible study, unfaithful to be the spiritual leaders of our home. On and on we could go. Faithfulness and stewardship are woven together. You can't have one without the other. You can't be a steward and not be faithful. You have to first prove that you can be faithful before God can make you, in his eyes, a steward. So my question is this. When God evaluates our life, does he consider us steward material? If we all had to stand before God today and give an account of whether we were stewards or not, what would God say? The principle of stewardship was implemented all the way back in the garden. Turn to Genesis chapter 2. I'm going to have you flipping a lot today, so just be ready. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. Okay? God gave Adam the responsibility of a steward. It was his responsibility to take care of the garden. Stewardship has been God's perfect design ever since the beginning of time. God is our sovereign creator, and we are simply to be stewards managing his property and his affairs. I think we all have a really hard time because of our flesh, because of our nature. We all have a really hard time, even though we know the truth, even though we know that God owns everything, we all have a really hard time trying to divorce our minds from the fact that God really owns everything and nothing is ours. You know, we're all about me, me, me. So to, to, to try to divorce our size, ourselves from that thought that this is mine, that is mine, and try to really embrace the fact that God owns everything is a very, very difficult thing for us. But it doesn't change the truth. God still owns everything. Everything is still his. transformation it would make in our lives if we could just truly grasp a hold of the fact that nothing is ours. This is what a steward understands. A steward understands that he is simply there to serve his master. He is simply there to see his master succeed, to further his master's agenda. He's not there for himself. He's not there to do what makes him happy. If he was there to do what makes him happy, he wouldn't be the steward. He'd probably be sitting at home playing video games or something. He's there to serve his master. He's there to do what's going to please his master. 
start having problems in this area of stewardship in our lives, when we start to change our God-given responsibilities to accommodate our lustful desires. God has given us this to be stewards of, but this is what we want instead. Now, this could be filled in by anything. Fill in the blank. God has given you this, but you want this instead. Okay? We need to be approaching all things in life, no matter what they are, with the mindset of we are simply stewards for Christ. What it does for us, if we really get a hold of this and we really believe this in our hearts, what this does when we really grasp the truth that God owns everything is it aligns our will with whose will? With God's will. It aligns our wills perfectly together. Because that's where he wants us to be, right? So he wants us to have the mindset, and he wants us to be where we are, where, we, where we're just fully trusting him, and we're just stewards of everything that he has given us, and nothing is really ours, and we're just here to serve him and do what pleases him. That's where he wants us. So when we really come to that place in our life, our wills are perfectly aligned. Our heartbeat lines up with God's heartbeat. We start, think, we start seeing all the things that God sees as important, important to us. And all the things that God sees as no big deal, we see as no big deal. Eve broke God's perfect design of stewardship when she desired and gave into the temptation to have something God did not intend her to have. We have to understand that the reasons God does not give us certain things is because he's trying to protect us. That's also a hard thing for us to understand. You know, we want something so badly, but God says no. And what we have to understand is that we are simply stewards, and God knows best. And the reason that he's not giving us this thing is because he's trying to help us. Everything he does is for us. He is trying to help us in one way or another. And even though we may not always be able to see that, even though we may be tempted to think otherwise as Eve was, we have to understand that God always has our best intentions in mind. His timing is always perfect. The things that he gives us at certain times of life are always the things that he wants us to have at that time. We start having problems when we jump ahead of God in these areas, right? When we start to go after these things that God has not given us, we're, good, we're getting outside of God's timing for our life and those things, and then we end up screwing everything up just like Eve did. Turn to Genesis chapter 3. Let's look at this account real quick. You guys getting tired? I'm not hearing very many pages turning. I heard a bunch of pages turning for the first couple of verses, and now I'm hearing like nothing. <laughs> In case you didn't hear me, that was Genesis chapter 3. All right, Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 through 6. Now the, servant, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, Ye shall not eat. Neither shall ye touch, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know, ye, sh ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. 
And the woman saw the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree was desired to make one wise. And she took of the, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband, and he did eat. We face the very same temptation every day that Eve faced that very sad day in the garden when man knew sin for the first time. That temptation is to step out of our stewardship role that God has placed us in in our lives. And the temptation is to think that we are missing out on something by allowing ourselves to be restrained by the stewardship role that God has us all in at that time. We want to be in control. We don't want to listen to the commands of God and have him tell us what we can and cannot do. We want to do what we want to do when we want to do it. Therefore, stepping outside of God's will, unaligning ourselves with him, and messing everything up in our lives. What this boils down to is our pride. Instead of accepting the formula to success that lays out in his word, which is as Solomon said, fear God and keep his commandments. Did God command Eve and Adam not to eat of that tree? Yes. Did they listen? No. Did they have consequences for their decisions? Oh boy, we're still having consequences today. Yes, there is consequences for stepping outside of our stewardship role that God has us to be in. That is his design. That is what he has designed every single one of us to fit into. And when we step out of that and start being, trying to be in control and be our own master, is when everything gets screwed up, we get outside of God's timing, and then all these things come into our life, and everything screws up because we are outside of God's timing. Okay? And that is Satan's goal. That's what he wants to do. He did it to Eve. He's still doing it today to us. When we lose focus on the fact that we are only stewards, we start to become consumed by worldly things instead of being content. Worldly things, instead of being content. Now, contentment is a hard thing to have a lot of times, okay? Because we're always battling our flesh and what our flesh wants. But contentment is where God wants us. That's the stewardship role God wants us in. If we're, if we're, if we're being good stewards, then we're being content with whatever state God has put us in. 1 John 2.15 says, Love not the world, neither the things in the world. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. We are to be having the love of Christ emanating from our lives. And this is extremely difficult, if not impossible, if we are not being the stewards that we are to be. If we are going to have the mindset and lifestyle of a steward, I believe we have to recognize three very important facts. Turn to Psalms chapter 24. If we are going to be the steward God wants us to be, we have to realize these three things. Psalms chapter 24. We'll be looking at the first verse. Psalms 24, 1. The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. So we've already talked about this. But first, if we're going to be the stewards God wants us to be, we have to realize that everything is the Lord's. That car that you drive is not yours. That house that you live in is not yours. That's, we, 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 you know, 
head, yes, yes, you're right, that's right. But we don't really believe that. And we don't really live that way. You know, by the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh, right? So what's in our heart will come out. So our lifestyle is what tells others what we really believe and what we don't believe, okay? It's more than words. So it's easy for us to nod our head and say yes to that, and me as well, but it's a, it's a lot harder to actually really live that out in our lives. God owns everything. Nothing you have is yours. You are simply stewards. All right, let's turn to Revelation chapter 411. We all know this verse. This is the second thing we need to realize. First, God owns everything. Revelation 4.11 Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. So second, we have to realize that we were created by God for God. We weren't created by God for ourselves. We weren't created by God to serve ourselves and do whatever is going to make us happy in life. We were created by God for God, and that is to be our desire. If we're going to be stewards, we have to understand that we were created for God. And that, that is what our devotion is to be to, and that alone, God and God alone. Turn to Matthew chapter 28. This is the third thing. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. Third, we have to realize that we have a mission. We have a mission in life. Matthew 28, 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Our mission in life is to be furthering the kingdom of heaven. We are to be spreading the gospel and making disciples. If we don't understand that, we're not going to be the stewards God wants us to be. We have to understand that that is our purpose in life, is to be spreading the gospel and making disciples. So, are we doing that? Are we spreading the gospel? Are we taking all those available opportunities, which are many, many more than we even realize, are we taking all the available opportunities that God gives us to share the gospel? All those people we come in contact every day, are we, are, are we just simply handing them a track? I mean, I'm not, not even just sitting down and opening up your Bible and sharing the gospel. Obviously, that's awesome, and that's the, that's the best way. But even, even if you're in a rush and you're going, you know, you can at least hand somebody a track. I'll admit, I'm bad at that. Okay, that is, a, that is an area of my life that I need to work on. I get so caught up and wrapped up in the things that I'm doing, and my, and my mindset is always go, 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 go. And I don't stop for one moment to focus on what's really important, which is the souls of everybody that's around me. 
not my job, not what I'm doing for myself. That's not what's important. Sharing the gospel is what's important. Making disciples for Christ, that's what's important. And we have to understand that if we're going to be the stewards God wants us to be. We must understand and be working towards three things in order to successfully be living out our role as a steward for Christ. So they were first, God owns everything, which includes every part of our life. Second, we were created by God for God. And third, we have a mission. Biblical stewardship could be referred to as whole life stewardship because God calls us to be good stewards of every area of our lives. Let's look at a few of these areas. Turn to Romans chapter 12. The first one is God calls us to be stewards of our talents. Now, there's many, 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 many things. Obviously, everything. But I'm going to highlight the main areas that God calls us to be stewards of, and a lot of other categories can fall under these ones. I don't even know how many I have here. Well, I think there's five. Yeah. So the first one is God calls us to be talents. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 through 8. For I say, though the grace given unto me that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one member of another. Having the gifts differing, so we don't all have the exact same gifts, right? Right. That's the beauty of the body of Christ. We all come together with all of our different gifts to make up the local church. Having the gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whereby prophecy, let us prophesy according to the portion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence, and he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 4. Another chapter on talents and gifts. 1 Peter chapter 4. We'll be looking at verse 10, 10 through 11. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Manifold means many. Manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth. So who gives us our abilities? God does. All those abilities that we are given in everybody, if you are a believer, you have a spiritual gift. We all have gifts that we are to be using for the purpose of being good stewards for our Lord and Savior. And God has given those to everybody. <sighs> Where was I? If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability God giveth, that God in all things be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom we to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Our talents are God's gifts to us 
And what we do with them is our gift back to God. Have you ever heard that? I don't know if you've ever heard that, but that's the way it is. God gives us those gifts, but when we give them back to God, that's our way of giving our gifts back to Lord, is by using them for him. Not letting them just sit around and do nothing. Not just coming to church every Sunday and Wednesday and sitting those talents in the pew and enjoying everybody else's service but not doing anything yourself. That's not how God designed it. No, we are supposed to be proactive with our talents and be using them for the Lord. Two, God calls us to be stewards of our time. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 through 17. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. How many times are we so unwise with the time that God has given us? You know, I've often thought about myself and others way and it's you can see where a person is in their life by seeing how they spend their time how we spend our time shows what what's really in our heart are we spending our time serving the lord are we spending our time pleasing the lord with our lives or are we spending our time pleasing ourselves are we wasting the time that God has given us, just sitting around, being entertained by the world, instead of going out and serving Christ. We spend so much time on entertainment. We waste so much precious time that God has given us. What does the Bible say? It is but a vapor. It is but a vapor. It's gone. No getting it back. The judgment. The judgment is here. Our life is but a vapor, and we are wasting so much of the time that God has given us on ourselves which profiteth nothing. We are to be good stewards of our time. Three, God calls us to be stewards of our treasures. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth, neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Are we more concerned about using and investing our treasure down here on earth than using and investing our treasure for an eternal return on our investment. You know, there's nothing wrong with investing down here on earth. We are to be wise stewards. If we didn't invest any money down here on earth and we were never thinking about the future, you know, when it came to that future time when we needed that money that we invested, we would be helpless. 
We need money to live. Unfortunately, that's the way that our world works. We need money to live. It's how we buy the things that we need, and that's how we pay for the provisions that we have to have. Okay, God gives us a, God gives us the money, and He wants us to be wise with it, and He wants us to invest it that so that we're prepared for the future. But He wants our focus to be on our eternal returns. Okay, are we investing the money that God has given us through our tithes and offerings? For eternity? Or are we hoarding it to ourselves to please us? To please us is what we're doing. Are we spending our money where God wants to spend it? Are we laying up treasures in heaven? Where, where by the way, moth and rust doth not corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal, right? Money is a fickle thing. It can be gone just like that. Who knows when a when a sickness is going to hit you and you're going to have to pay out for that. Or who knows when your attic is full of mold. When your attic is full of mold, you're going to have to drop thousands of dollars to, re to redo your entire attic and do all this stuff on your house. I mean, who knows when that, when, when that could happen, right? So money can be gone just like that. So we need to be... But, 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 but guess what? When we, when we invest money in our treasure in heaven... That never leaves. That's always there. And that reward is sitting there waiting for us. Nobody can take that from us. No, that, that, that'll never leave. That is, a, that is the most secure investment you can possibly have. They talk about low-risk investment. That is the lowest-risk investment you could possibly invest in. Let's look at David's attitudes towards material possessions. Turn to 1 Chronicles 29. And we'll go ahead and we'll end with this. There's two more. There's two more in this, but this will take us into the next hour to get through these. So we'll just go ahead, and I guess the Lord will have us jump back onto this next week. But let's go ahead and end with what David. I love this. This is so beautiful. I mean, obviously David was a beautiful writer. He wrote all the Psalms, and he just had an amazing way with words. And I love this portion of Scripture and what David says here. First Chronicles chapter 29. We'll be looking at verse 10 through 14. Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation, and David said, Blessed be the Lord, O Lord God, our O Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from thee, and thou reignest over all. And in thy hand is power and might, and in thy hand it is to make great and give strength unto all. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. But who am I? This is David speaking. Who am I? And what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? For all things come from thee, and of thine own have we given thee. What is David saying here? He's saying, you know what, God? It is an honor, and it is a privilege, 
and I can't believe you even consider me worthy to give back to you what I know is already yours. There was no, sting, there was no stinginess on the side of David here. He, he realized that he was a steward. He realized that nothing was his. He realized that everything God had given him at this moment of his life, here when he wrote this, or when he said this, he realized, listen, I'm blessed. I'm, I'm unworthy to have all this stuff. This, I understand, God, is your blessing, and this is from you. And I consider it a privilege to give this back to you. What would God be able to do if that was our attitude, not just with our money, but with our lives? Since we are just stewards, since we don't own anything, since we are God's, it, is an, it, it really is an honor and a privilege to give back to God what is already his. You know why? Because he blesses us for that. So he gives us stuff that's not even ours. It's his. He gives it to us. But then if we give it back to him, then he rewards us for that. He rewards us for giving him what's already his. Wow. We're, that is, we are so blessed to be able to have that opportunity, to be blessed to give back to God what is already his. Heavenly and earthly rewards, he blesses us. So how is our mindset? Do we fit into the role of a steward in our life? Do we really view everything that we have as God's or do we get in our flesh and forget this, as I know we do many times. I do, almost every day. I was super convicted I prepared this. I was just like, wow, I definitely do not view life in the way that God wants me to. I do not view all things as I am just a steward and this is God's. You know, if we did... We would be, I tell you what, I tell you what this does for us if we have this view is it makes us a lot happier, doesn't it? Because we don't have to worry about the things that we worried about before. We understand that God is going to take care of us and everything is his. If we really understand that we are just stewards, it, it, it gives us a peace and a joy that we don't have if we're always worrying and fretting about the next thing that we have to provide for ourselves or whatever just to be able to just rest and trust in God and understand that we are just simply stewards. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.